0: Hello, everybody. This is the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. Get it. And I'm Vern Value. And I yeah yeah we get it. And we are 20 through 25 year Wall Street <laughs> veterans who have taken <laughs> on graceful, secret sir. identities in order to freely provide you our candid views on a handful of Value Line's weekly stock picks. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the newspaper. But our bosses would never allow us to give you our candid view, So we've uh, disguised our voices, taken on secret identities, and we bring you this show every week. Go to uh, our
1: website. We have very cool outfits.
0: Yeah, we do. Uh, by the way, we've got a lot of disclosures. They're all at www.thevalueguys.com, where we'll tell you that this is for entertainment purposes only. We've got a bunch of guys telling us we got to say that, and uh, whether it's entertaining or not. Also, we may own these stocks, and the truth is, uh, and that could be a lie, bear that in mind, but we own these stocks. We've been doing this a long time, and we tell you when we do. Uh, We also, uh, lawyers tell us, we have to tell you, we may have ulterior motives in talking about these, although I don't know, Vern, what they might be. Do you? I have no idea. I don't either. No. We may have lucrative contracts with people. Uh, who knows? We may bowl with some of these people occasionally. We also may I'm actually just an innocent mean the opposite of what we're actually saying. Okay, that is insane, of course. Anyway, um, we not are intentionally, of not course. In- <laughs> we use only Value Line as a resource. We do drink uh, a little uh, bit sometimes. Now we're professionals the show. who give a lot of candid and expensive institutional advice during the week. Um, And this is the same type of advice we'd give to those clients, except here we actually have been drinking, so we should disclose that. And we've been drinking every week for about 25 years, or 20. Our memories are different on that, actually. Uh, This week we're going to look at the June 8th, 2007 edition of Value Line Investment Survey. And I'm going to come on at the back half of the show with stocks I haven't completely chosen yet, just so you know. But uh, probably going to do a Burlington Northern Railroad, which we've talked about before. I think that's still a good one. And Yum! Brands. And something I've never heard of, which is exciting, CSG Systems International. But first, with a tiny amount of fanfare, I'd like to introduce Vern Value. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Go.
1: first a public service announcement brought to you by the Value Guys <laughs> regarding symbol MIC. Uh huh. I I, ha- I am no clearer on how to pronounce this than
0: I was. We have failed weeks to do our work on this when this stock uh, was
1: last up. But uh, Macquarie Infrastructure Company Trust. Maybe spelling it's the best. M A C Q U A R I E. All right. In any event, we we recommended it, not knowing a a lot about it, which is certainly never stopped us on any of other stock ideas before. Uh, We recommended this, and um, I I think the stock was in the low maybe thirty-two to thirty-four, and uh, recently, according to Value Line, forty-three sixty-three, and I remember the yield as sort of north of seven percent, now down to five and a half, and you know the chart looks a little different. and according to Value Line, um, getting ready to make a, a $450 million acquisition. Now, this is a company with $800 million, $850 million of book equity and already a uh, billion dollars of debt on its balance sheet, $1.6 billion market cap, um, about twice book. Um, Going to buy twenty-four FBOs, whatever they are. This this Fixed company, space by the way, operators. Oh, thank you mm-hmm. for four hundred
0: fifty million dollars. Those are the guys um, at the uh, airport for the uh, you know for your jet, Vern. That's where you fly into. Maybe uh, you never knew the name. Transaction
1: looks to be more expensive than previous acquisitions, but should still work. Basically, is what it says. It seems to me the risk profile is probably different. Um, I'm looking at debt-to-cap, according to Value Line, 53%. But it, even if they sell $150 million of equity out of the 450 of total financing they need, this is going to be closer to 60% debt-to-cap. It's up a lot. I think you'd have to know more about it than I do to continue to own it here. So well, here, what, what's the multiple? Wait take, a minute. What's the multiple? Uh, well, it's, uh, the P.E. is 44. That seems
0: high. Cash All I'm going to throw ca- in, I don't know. It, but I know it, that oh, this, no, really, this business it, is it, about to take. Fort,
1: it's 14 times gross cash flow and it's 250 it's probably
0: okay. uh, 18 well, 20 Well this could times. end up being a growth business simply because there's a whole generation of you know much lighter weight Private jets, and you've heard about the jet taxis and all. It'll be, it's going to be much cheaper per mile to fly. With the wealth, with demographics and such, there's apt to be just a lot more private air travel. More hassles with commercial. Price to travel privately is coming down. So FBOs basically are going to make money with traffic on private planes, and that's apt to go up demographic, you know, demographically. But. Maybe it's too expensive. Well,
1: no, I, I, I'm I, I'm thinking that there's uh, a lot less room for error and execution at this point in a uh, service uh, operations and management business. Yeah. So why not uh, why take not take profits here? Take some profit. Now you you know you know you're familiar with it how it trades and you know come back to it. Anyway, Bye next time. Right. Let's talk about the uh, new ideas for this
0: week. Please, please. May
1: I? Please. Actually, another one that we've recommended previously, Harsco HSC is the symbol. Mm-hmm. Recently around $52, about 18 times earnings, close to a market multiple, a little below, a little bit of yield. Um, this is a um, – well, let's see. Value Line says they're a uh, provider of industrial services and engineered products. Mill services – But that's a
0: lie, right? No, no, I don't oh, think so. okay. Oh, that uh, seemed yeah. like where you were going. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: Mill services for steel mills, 40% of revenue. Access services, which includes shoring and concrete forming equipment, thirty two percent. So that's mm-hmm. I think is mostly a service. Yeah. Then gas technologies eleven percent, which it says they're divesting here. So all the those other previous percentages go up by ten percent. So it's about eighty percent these services businesses, and then the rest of is primarily a rail maintenance equipment grading hmm. and roofing granules I don't know but they've got a railway business I recently love that. won the largest railway maintenance contract in its history in China how big is that uh, what percent of that a th- is a it $350 a million dollar piece of business for a $3.5 billion dollar revenue company i'm sorry hmm.
0: wow yeah. um,
1: so um, debt to caps about 42% market caps 4.4 4 billion with 1.3 billion of debt i get about 5.7 billion enterprise value according to value line should do about Seven hundred million in EBITDA this year, what they call operating margin uh, it's about eight times, in other words, but this is an acquisition business model, and you want to remember that pro forma numbers would often be higher than the numbers you might be using if you're using current year numbers because you have businesses that won't annualize until the following year, despite that Hars code just between a ten and twenty percent premium to sales per share it's about seven it's between seven and eight times gross cash flow. About 16 times 0.8 earnings expectations, which is probably closer to a pro forma number. It is about 20 times free cash flow uh, because it's a relatively high capex business. Nevertheless, return on capital has been rising there. It's in the low uh, teens now. So whatever they're buying, and they're it's leveraging it to a high teens return on equity. So, I mean, you know, execution has been good so far. I think and. Uh, as long as it continues, uh, they're kind of they're they're building a presence and a leadership in, in in kind of a new space, and I think it probably gives them some economies of scale and maybe even a little pricing power, um, ultimately maybe more recession resistant than a pure manufacturer. And I'm sort of struck on the insider decision chart. This, you know, this nice little thing that Value Line has, mm-hmm. that in a very, very little bit of space, little, very little real estate on the page.
0: Yeah, insider you know, it gives decisions. you a very
1: clear picture of what's going on. And here, despite the stock having been around 16 as recently as 2002, and 52 recently, it's doubled in uh, the space of two years. Um, there's, they show one seller a year ago. You know, in the entire insider decision chart.
0: Hmm. I always look there, and it's always blank on everything I look no at. No way.
1: There's been, there's been a lot of activity. There's, better, there's of so these, much
0: better so. sources in uh, this We continue reason.
1: to like this, even though it's up. It's near an all-time high recently, you mean, 54. You mean you. I, okay, Okay. you know, the, the Wall Street week, enough. Yeah. Um, okay, a couple of new ones. Actually, I think maybe have talked about this on the one before. But um, next up, Canadian Pacific Rail. Canadian the Pacific. Symbol is CP. It does trade on the New York. Um, Rail and intermodal freight over a uh, giant network from Montreal to Vancouver extends into the U.S. Midwest and Northeast through wholly owned subs. Um, Are they a monopoly
0: in Canada? Are they the only railroad? No, no, no. no.
1: There's the Canadian National Railway. Oh, okay. Um, This one is, as you might imagine, stronger out west, the Pacific direction of Canada. Grain, 20% of uh, 06 revenue. Coal, 13, intermodal 28, other 40 okay so
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh the stock's been really huge i mean it's recently 72 last year's high 58 45 the year before almost straight up but a uh, little bit of a discount to a market multiple at 18 times earnings uh multiple of uh gross cash flow less than 10 times pretty good return on capital 10% equity 14 15 this year I think it you know it, it it looks pretty interesting because I think we're early days still on the China natural resource story and this this carrier in particular would be leveraged to mining development and tar sands development in Alberta um, uh, coal in Alberta BC really has uh, um, come back in terms of an investment uh, 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 location uh, you know the the government there appears to have gotten much more hospitable in terms of. Uh, development of natural resources in recent years, uh, and you know, you've got what's going on in grain markets, in part driven by biofuel demand. Um, you know, for the for the uh, central Canadian. Uh, well,
0: rail's gaining share. Provinces. Canada's a you know skinny, long this country, is under basically, is it's the cheapest value to mode
1: of transportation. I think it's kind of a it's still a reasonable um, a way to participate in what's going on with commodities and China, et cetera. Um, you know, given these multiples compared with some other things, maybe you—I mean, I'm literally looking at a uh, at a stock price that is basically at its all-time high. Uh, you know, it's it, it'll come down sometime in the next
0: week or two. I mean, you may you may want to watch this. Well, the multiples—I'm just pulling it, up a chart here. The multiples on that are not out of the range of where they can normally go. So right, and it really is, I
1: think, a little more of an exceptional period of time for them right now. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Outstanding all right what we one. got third
1: one, much riskier try Arc symbol Try try
0: mm-hmm.
1: recently around seventeen, down from well twenty two you know right at the turn of the year, okay, late last year, early this year, uh, otherwise last year it looks like it traded sort of between fifteen and eighteen, maybe so it's maybe it's spurted ahead, it's come back um, this is uh, the company that owns Arby's. T.J. Cinnamons, and something called Pasta Connection. But they also own 64% of Deerfield and Company LLC an Asset Manager. And there's some kind of restructuring thing going on. I remember talking about this previously and suggesting that people stay away from it um, because of the uncertain circumstances. It's still a little beyond me to understand exactly what's going on and whether I've got numbers from... uh, from value line that have already removed its impact from the uh, from the uh, income state you know revenue and earnings projections, but looking down the footnotes, it does say something about discontinued ops results in 05 and uh, that revenue includes investment and in other income through 02 only, so I think the numbers have probably been restated to take Deerfield out of their numbers looks like it I, whatever I, the transaction is, they end up walking away with one hundred and seventy million dollars. The uh, value line picture of their interest coverage I think is a little bit um, – well, it's just a little bit misleading or it's a little off. They say total interest coverage is just 1.1 times, which really no, under normal circumstances would be enough to tell me that, you know, it's just a little more risk than I probably want to accept because you could go to nothing pretty quickly. Um, yeah, one's too low. But um, as I look at this, they show long-term interest at $56 million. Well, they also show long-term debt. Accounting for all of total debt, okay. So that's the total interest bill. I've got annual rentals of seventy-six million. Add them together, one hundred thirty million. I am looking at one hundred forty million of EBITDA. But I get to the, the the rentals number is in that calculation as an expense, so I get to add that back. So I would be at um, the uh, uh, the total one hundred thirty million uh, covered by two hundred fifteen million. Uh, and that's more like one and a half times, and they've got about 150 million of well, it looks like surplus cash on the balance sheet uh, that I'm not factoring into this. So I think they're they're really in a more stable position than it would appear. They're opening restaurants like crazy. 44 last year, looks like 35 this year. Uh, there is some growth in the in the operating profile. I I, I think maybe as they uh, as they unwind this. Uh, uh, a complicated situation. They'll end up with a less than 10% interest in Deerfield as a you know a minority shareholder, which presumably they could monetize fairly quickly. I don't know what restrictions there might be, but well, let me uh, throw into the mix here. I'm, I'm going to say these uh, are strategic assets, me, Bert, and what's happened here is an obstacle thought? to a strategic He's this buyer. Did I have people. something
0: important for the listeners? <laughs> I'm just. I'm in Excuse a wireless me. zone here, yeah. and uh, I just want to toss in. We're not usually on, live on the uh, internet while we do the show, but they yesterday announced a 50 million dollar buyback. Evidently, just, oh really? I don't mean to interrupt. Well, Maybe that's not important. I, see, uh, I see. I see
1: strategic assets here. Yields uh, almost two percent, by the way. Uh, I see strategic assets here with an obstacle to a takeout removed. Uh, gross cash flow around a dollar. Okay, with a seventeen dollar stock price recently, but remember I've got surplus cash, it's not really net cash. Better don't you know better not complicate it by talking about that. But they are talking value lines talking about cash flow per share being north of two dollars by twenty ten to twenty twelve. And and the current stock price is only about eight times their number for then. So a better reflection perhaps of earnings power of this business as they, you know, unshackle this other piece. Um, the only thing that concerns me a little bit is um, it says they're considering various financing alternatives, looking to increase value through acquisition of other restaurant companies. I think that, uh, you know, if uh, if they're going to start investing externally, there's probably going to be somebody who will come along who believe they can do better investing internally um, and LBO it. So try our TRY, a little riskier. Um, But I'm guessing that uh, the assets would be worth considerably more than uh, indicated
0: right now. Well, the Steerfield thing, I'm just reading the 10K here, which is nice to have online, but uh, it is a little confusing, I'm sure, to restaurant analysts. And so when you clean this up, you're just going to have – in effect, more demand from Wall Street to cover it because now all the restaurant analysts that maybe were kind of not ready to recommend it because of this confusing second business oh, yeah. if it doesn't will taken, now uh, start calling a, it a buy. Its stock well, they're talking
1: grow. about doing stuff that's going to generate all kinds of fees. Yeah. They'll raise debt and equity capital. Right. They'll pay uh, advisory fees.
0: Mm-hmm. So Wall Street analysts are going to have to cover this now and probably rate it a buy.
1: <coughs> so... Uh, that's it. Excuse me. I like Triarch. A little here. <coughs> Continue one-on. Cars co. Canadian Pacific Railways <coughs> will play on China. Take profits in MIC. With that, I'm going
0: to slide it right over here to you. Bow. All right. Thank you. Thank you. For those listeners that may still be with us at this point. Come on. It hasn't been that uh, long. Has it? I don't know. I mean, it oh. depends what's on television, doesn't We're it? We're
1: in the 17th minute here.
0: Anyway. Okay. I have... Couple things to go through this week. I have a little bit of a cold, so I apologize. No, um, oh, and I might have been slurring my speech. Who knows? A little we don't know. We, you know, we've been having some beverages here. Um, but some of these I've talked about before. It's a little bit of a transportation week, so I'm just going to get into it. It also helps me avoid doing any work for the show if I already own these and know about them. So you know, there's a little bit of selfish val in this one as well. But I also think this is probably this is my biggest holding personally. And I've talked about it before, but I don't think the story's over, even though it's run. J.B. Hunt, J.B.H.T., page 270. And the story of this is uh, really about a twofold. Uh the, the first part is that rail, and I'm fooling you because you probably thought this was a trucker, which it is. But rail is gaining share for a whole host of reasons. Primary ones are that uh, traffic patterns are increasingly lots of stuff having to go across the ocean from Los Angeles. Uh, or to us into Los Angeles, and that kind of stuff is best handled on trains for the low cost. And as fuel prices go up, the cost advantage goes up uh, because you use less fuel per mile on a train per ton of freight. And also you have a labor advantage. It takes fewer guys per ton of freight on a train than on a truck. Um, the negative on trains was that they had no idea how to run their business. For 100 years, it was a cost-plus kind of environment, lots of unions and things. And also, because of that, there was terrible service. So while the trucking industry evolved to be able to bring you something, you know, in a two-hour window, uh, the, tr- the, the the rails could kind of guarantee you, you know, which month it was going to come in. And so it wasn't very reliable. Uh, and then,
1: yeah, and then pay a lot of claims for not performing.
0: Yeah, well, I'm a lot sure. of inefficiencies and things driven by unions Certainly and what, what accommodations. have. So uh, the point is, uh, railroads have finally gotten you know their act together on efficiencies. Uh, so really, R and D and capex is going into the railroad industry for the first time in a hundred years, literally. Um, revenue per mile is going up for the first time since the truck was invented. Uh, rail is gaining share and gaining price relative to trucks, and it's because of some of these advantages. Yeah, look at Trinity and uh, Greenbrier and uh, Rail America. Rail, rail, rail America. America. But but, uh, but the J.B. Hunt story, they're a trucker, but what they have this business called intermodal that I'm very excited about. So they are different than any other trucker. A third of their business is something called intermodal, where they share revenues with Burlington Northern on a full Remember move. it was
1: twenty eight percent of Canadian
0: Pacific Railways revenue too. I've lost where I am now, Vern, due to your interruption. Oh, I'm so uh JB oh, <laughs> I don't God. know where I'm at oh, now. Man. J.B. Hunt has a deal with Santa Fe, and so they share half the revenue with Santa Fe. They account for five percent of the transportation move. It's a forty percent ROI business, and it's gaining share every day. It looks a little bit like a freight forwarder. He's back on a roll now, Vern. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to have to ask you to go. Uh, they are gaining share every day, and I think finally Wall Street is noticing that J.B. Hunt is moving away from the pack in terms of ROI, consistency of growth, cash flow generation. Uh, they've been buying shares back. They've put $500 million. Fern really is leaving the room, ladies and gentlemen. Sir. Really no, come on back. Uh, they've spent $500 million on share buybacks the past few years. Their margin has improved as this intermodal business has gotten more important. Returns on capital here are 19%. Uh, return on equity 23. They don't use much leverage, and it's still on a PE basis at a discount to the average PE uh, in the marketplace. 0.99. <laughs> uh, nine. That's well, pretty but and it's nine physical. times gross it's cash in a market flow. multiple is all, and it grows faster in market. That's right with higher returns. Correct. Simple, Correct. Simple. Simple. It can be simple. And that's the way to approach it, my friends. This is a cheap stock, J.B. Hunt. Okay. Now, something I just was talking about, but I don't know, Vern may want to be talking about it as well at this point, Burlington Northern, BNI. And they, uh, I guess, share some business with Canadian Pacific. I have nothing right? to say. Okay. Okay. So, BNI, Burlington Northern, 282. If you're going to buy a rail because of the share gains, Burlington Northern is the one to buy. They're in a sector that's gaining share within – not only is rail gaining share – in their sector, it's gaining share within rail, and that's coal. So uh, as coal gains share of the energy pie, Burlington Northern wins. Gee, would Burlington
1: Northern be particularly strong in the western United States? Y-
0: yeah, they are. And uh, it's How the Powder that? River Basin uh, that the coal is in, ladies Lucky and gentlemen. Guess. I don't know what Vern's up to now. I didn't know it was a, kind of a background. Natural trip, resources, your baby,
1: natural resources. Okay.
0: So, I don't know where I am now. The show is just crumbling now because of Vern's constant interrupting me. Uh, Burlington Northern, let's see, nine times cash flow, uh, 85% of the market P.E. Operating margins over 30%. That's going to say they've got some type of monopoly. Working capital negative, which is good. It helps their ROI. Returns on capital are moving to low single digits, or I'm sorry, low double digits, ROE. 17 percent. That's all very respectable. They're finally getting some price increases. I think margins can improve more. Uh, at this multiple, growing share of the economy, uh, I want to own Burlington Northern. It's a simple put away, no big deal. De- uh, it's uh, done well, but the story's just going on this one. Page 282, Burlington Northern. Uh, let's see. I didn't really mean to spend that much time on that. I'm going to go over this one qu- pretty quickly. Yum Brands, YUM, page 320, you're, fine. Um,
1: You're in the 23rd minute.
0: This thing is a roll-up of a bunch of – or spin-out, not a roll-up – of a bunch of restaurant brands, KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, for those old enough to remember the real name, uh, Pizza Hut. Now they got 4,000 Kentucky Fried Chickens, which are now called KFCs, 3,000 Pizza Huts, 1,200 Taco Bells, uh, more yeah. than that actually. Let's I saw see. something
1: recently that asked rhetorically who had won the uh, – I guess we know really who won the burger chicken wars, given that Burger King and McDonald's both have a variety of chicken sandwiches on their menus, and
0: you've never seen a burger at KFC and never will. No, no, you won't. They're very focused. Very focused. Unlike us, ladies and gentlemen. Just a casual observation. A and W. They also, and I'll just finish naming the businesses they're in. What's that stand for? Uh, A and W. Yeah. Andy and William. No, come on. I have no idea. Uh, Officers and directors own 3%. Two big value firms own a big chunk of this. Southeastern Asset owns 8%. Harris Associates owns 6%. Um, What's the traction? Well, you know, it's it's a pretty good business when you can optimize real estate. So they're putting brands together under the same roof. That's been going on for a while, improving ROIs. Their ROI here is, you know, 29%, so they're doing something right, and it's growing. They've got negative working capital as well, which is great because it reduces your investment. Uh, and their operating margins in a tough business have been growing now 18%. The big story is they're bringing sort of this American fast food to China, and uh, they're growing like a weed <laughs> over there. They're uh they're adding units. At, Hence the
1: de-emphasis of the word Kentucky yeah, in the name. Yeah, maybe.
0: Uh, they're growing. You know, they don't show here a number. Let me well, see. Well, that here. translates. You know, but they're seeing probably, pretty either. good comps, so single-digit growth at uh, older units. And it looks like they're growing. There, I think there's a number here. Uh, and I'm not seeing it here in the value line, but I suspect that they're growing units at a pretty good clip, You know, maybe uh, high single digits, maybe even 10%. Is that just pure
1: speculation? Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> yes, it absolutely <laughs> What's is the top pure line speculation. Um, they've got an estimate here of 8%. Okay. So, uh, so
1: why would units be up 10?
0: Uh, units might Pricing be up 10 down? because of the franchisees and revenues are coming in from royalties and <laughs> – you know, no, it's no, just a, no, no organic. It's growth? just a guess. Well, the U.S. is slow, so I wouldn't uh, be estimating would be over, that type of growth be over in the, the course U.S. Of a year anyway, this so you would be—I'm talking it, about five, in like Asia. That. They're seeing very rapid growth. It's okay. offset by modest growth in the U.S. And uh, you know, so you have a, really a pretty fast growing. Is there been any
1: backlash against deep fried chicken?
0: Uh, let, let me just look here, uh, Vern. No, there hasn't, absolutely not. <laughs> Nothing about that in my uh No, but that is why they changed the name. What I didn't understand is why they didn't just go to Kentucky Chicken, which to me would be great. They could have just taken Fried Out, but no, it's KFC. What the heck is a KFC? I think it's stupid. But it's working for Yum, and so I have no idea what maybe I'm talking pay, about maybe on we'll there. just
1: assume that the, as those as are the a, initials the reason, of the kernel. Uh,
0: the reason the value guys around are drawn to this is just, it's 11 times cash flow, which is a 9% cash-on-cash cash return, plus you're going to get this sort of 11% earnings growth. That gets you into 20% territory, and it could be higher than that. I mean, China's a big place. It's getting rich. They're moving toward uh, American type of tastes, uh, wealth. Uh, ties into you know uh, eat away from home type of trends and that may be happening there. So anyway, Yum Brands. Don't mean to go on about it. There's a lot smarter guys than me on this one, but 320 in your value line, Yum. That's a buy. Keep finally, your, keep your eye on the shot clock. I have no idea what time it is, but finally, the uh, last one uh, for me this week, CSG. Note, note the heavy use of the word finally. Well, it's getting taxing actually uh, this week. CSG Systems International. Uh, three twenty-eight. Uh, I'm just I'm tired. I'm tired, Vern. It's been a tough freaking week at the office. Now the 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 stock market for us. Can you say freaking on the internet? You can. Okay. And you can and because it's for entertainment purposes only. You oh, have right. a wide berth. <laughs> wide berth. Also, I just read now you if things are just yeah. said spontaneously on the news, like, like if oops. something happens, just go fuck. <laughs> 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 that it's okay now. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That scared the crap out of Who me. Who was that? I don't know. <laughs> there he goes. Uh-oh. Huh. Anyway. Anyway. I guess they didn't like that here at the YMCA. They're really I don't know why that. they're bothering us. Um, so anyway, CSG Systems, page 328. Never heard of it. These guys provide customer service billing solutions for cable TV and direct broadcast satellite DBS providers. They're a spin-out a bunch of years ago from First Data, a company that makes a lot of money providing systems and services to people and processing, and they're doing this for bill collection on cable and satellite. There just can't be a more stable business, and that is the problem. They're not growing much, but they have a 29% operating margin, 20% return on capital, and, uh, you know, about uh, what ten times gross cash flow, twelve times free cash flow. That's they not don't bad. have much capex. No, yeah, so the market's
1: been performing really well. That's not as expensive relative, is it? Well, in relative, like the sound.
0: stock has not really performed here. Recently, so you know. you know, I think there's a lot of concern about what will happen to cable and direct if AT&T can provide, you know, cable television over the phone system, and these guys aren't tied into those billing systems. Just cable. And direct broadcast, so maybe people think that that 's going to lose share. but you know cable in the ground is still a very low cost alternative, and uh, I think this is a pretty cheap stock for what they deliver that 's uh, you know that 's all I know about it it 's often rumored that's a out lot. Now. You know, this is going to no, be a. Don't, this, don't put yourself. This going to be. Come on. I'm not. I'm not trying to, Vern. Yeah, right. but I'm sorry if it comes out that way. You no, know. No, but, you're doing a great uh, job. Thanks, a lot of thanks, value Dad. Added. All right. CSG is rumored to be private equity takeover target, according to Value oh, Line. I'm sure there's
1: nothing in this, no premium in the stock for that, then, right?
0: I don't know. I don't know if there I is don't or not. No, either. Mm. Yeah, I don't we don't know. know. Don't know. Maybe, That's maybe one aspect of this show. Here. We have no idea. My unique insight is this looks freaking cheap, and uh, I'd buy it right here. CSG Systems, CSGS, and uh, uh, that's all I have this week, uh, Vern. Mm. Uh, my favorite one this I'm week sorry, is uh, probably, I don't know, it's probably J.B. Hunt, but I'm going on and on about that. This little CSG really intrigues me, so I'm going to have to go with this one this week. CSGS, that's my favorite of the week. Burn. that's all I By have Just values. Look for
1: CP on weakness. Um, you might if you've done more homework or do some homework, T R Y could be uh, could be very interesting. That's probably a buy, absolutely. In event. Uh, absolutely. It was great spending some time with you. We'll
0: Not for you guys, me. Mike. Not for me. Thank you.